Hello, everyone, and welcome. The SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get a $100 free bet at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. At sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. We're also brought to you by the SGPN Bowl Challenge, $250 cash, and a $250 gift card is up for grabs exclusively on the SGPN app. I am happy to be joined by Davis again. Welcome, my man. How are you doing this morning? Doing good. Doing good. It's um, that's that's. I'm a little stunned after last night's game. So just uh, <laughs> seeing George Kittle light it up is kind of like painful right now. Very painful. Uh, you know, luckily, I did not face George Kittle in any uh, fantasy playoff matchups, but I also didn't draft George Kittle in any of my underdog best ball teams. So I'm already, I'm afraid we're already starting off well behind the curve here. There's going to be a lot of George Kittle people advancing into the next round. I'm hoping I can make up for it with some, you know, it's just, you know, we're about to dive into it. Hey, I wanted to say a quick, sorry, I, I missed, I missed, I missed your uh, Twitter handle on the tweet. I misspelled it. Didn't link to your tweet, Twitter. So I do apologize about that, my man. I mean, it's uh, correct, so it's all good. <laughs> but uh, we're going to dive into the best ball stuff here just because, you know, the regular season just wrapped up and we just got into our tournaments and everything. It's It was super fun. You know, I have a crazy amount of teams with Brees Hall still on them, so I feel like some of these teams are dead in the water, right? I have a team with <laughs> Brees Hall and Javante Williams still on this, so I feel like that team's dead in the water right away. But, uh, yeah. what were, you know, how, how did your uh, best ball season go? It went good. Um, I have a 35% advance rate now. Um, and I know most, most people generally care about BBM. So I have a 34% BBM advance rate. I had 51 out of 150 teams make it through. Uh, that's awesome, man. I, uh, I had a little bit lower actually in best ball than my in best ball mania than my, um, than my other ones. Um, you know, and in, 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 in discluding the resurrection uh, best ball draft, I was at about I was hovering about 32, 33 percent, including the best ball resurrection drafts. I dropped to like 29 percent. I didn't do as well in those because I drafted so much Brees Hall and Javante Williams. It kind of ruined my season rate from the bat on those a little bit. So, oh, um, God, and, you and, got and, literally and, no points then because Javante got hurt at, right after resurrection opened. So you probably opened your draft pretty quick, you know, had your edge and then like. ACL tear and then that's gone. Yeah, so that was a little bit disappointing. And in Best Ball Mania, I think I was I was only at like eighteen percent. So you know, I I didn't do I you know I drafted. Uh, this is my uh, first year like full, in the full swing of the uh, underdog stuff. So I really I and I was doing a lot of those Best Ball Mania drafts in the initial like June when I first was getting on there. I had a lot of Rob Gronkowski in my Best Ball oh, Mania God. drafts. <laughs> so I don't you know I just I just had a little bit of rough swing. But next year I won't be so aggressive. I think people argued that like it was a bad pick, and then I tell everybody that in June, it's a it's a make it's a pick that makes sense. Um, there's a lot of hindsight that goes with best ball, <clears throat> but I would say anyone that took Gronk in June to even like really early July before the news came out, like it makes sense. He was going well enough that it, either way, like you were fine, right? Like, yeah, it like, was the round nine yeah, the difference between like Gronkowski now and like the majority of tight ends is almost the same because a lot of tight ends did nothing. Like someone taking Gronk is no different than me taking Austin Hooper right now, right? Like I got burnt on Austin Hooper across the board. So like, what am I gonna say? <laughs> At least you have an excuse that Gronk didn't play. Hooper played every game and has done nothing. 
yeah, you know, I had, I got some lucky with some later picks too, but like, did you have any like guys who are that, you know, that, you know, you have a high exposure mm-hmm. to that kind of got you through the end there? Or do you have, you know, is that still are on most of your best ball rosters? Um, as I was talking about last night, I was like, I had Seattle, like Seattle was just like the team for me. Um, they were killing it, you know, like DK Metcalf was ADP 29, like, oh, sorry, wide receiver 29 and Lockett was like wide receiver 46, 48. And I just kept looking at it and I was like, these guys have potential to be at least wide receiver three with a bad situation, right? We've seen it. We see DeAndre Hopkins be wide receiver one with five quarterbacks. We've seen Cortland Sutton be wide receiver, you know, borderline one with uh, three quarterbacks in one season. So I looked at Gino and I looked at Drew and I was just like, cool. Like the worst case scenario, these guys gave me 800 yards. That's with like a couple touchdowns. That's like wide receiver 30. Lockett's going at wide receiver 46. Like, okay. Like, you know, like it's easy, just, it's just easy like, money. It's easy money, right? And uh, I, Dave Kluge just had a quote on this thing was like, Hey, like you know, basically making fun of his. Tw- uh, everyone quoted posted him about his Tyler Lockett post because, and um, all thirty of them were t- saying that Klug was dumb. And I'm looking at it now. I'm like, maybe Klug knew what he was talking about. Maybe he knew that 46 was a little excessively low for a guy who's perpetually 13 to 18 every year. You know, so, yeah, that, that, it, it's crazy. Nice. And I mean, Lockett just produces every year. He'll be wide receiver 50 something next year because of his age, and we'll be snagging him up next year in best ball drafts too. I think he's going to get overbought. He's probably going to go back to round five. I think. You think so? Yeah. He's going to go to round round five. Um, Man, I, I just think people buy – I think it's a lot of dynasty players, especially early on, and then, then they're like, I can't get a, I can't get a 30-year-old wide receiver. Are you kidding me? Yeah. But, you know, hindsight's always like – it's always like the what happened recently, right? So people are going to go, oh, look, he is QE-proof. He's wide receiver 5-6. And then, then I'm going to say, now you're playing with – possible failure right because he will be a little bit older you know maybe this year could be it could be a case keenum year where case keenum was just and geno smith that just just hot for one year you know it happens all the I time i tend to think that's how it's gonna be yeah exactly so i you know if dk Metcalf goes around three next year like i won't buy him i bought a ton of them this year but i did buy yeah. him this year you know uh, one disappointing guy I, I just drafting kept drafting in that dk metcalf range was michael thomas this year i i just kept and you know what it looked like when he was on the field it looked like a good pick it just what i just the guy's body's breaking down unfortunately it just seems like uh you know just my exposure rate you know uh, these first six guys i have listed here yeah they you know they're pretty good picks uh you know he, my first name here 51 percent of the, my exposure uh left is dj shark actually um you know he yeah. missed most of the season actually but 51 percent of my leagues drafted him i got him pretty late in a lot of drafts. I have Jamal Williams up here. Oh, my, I have the three Detroit Lions actually right up at the top of my exposure. DJ Shark, Jamal Williams, and Jared Goff. Um, so that's that's actually really funny. I, that's the first time I've noticed I mean, that, actually. That's not bad. Like, you got to think about it. None of those guys went early. Like, I, I think people beat themselves up over, like, late picks a lot. Uh, someone beat, was talking to me was beating themselves over KJ Osborne. And I'm like, I have 27%. I mean, he didn't do anything. But, like... The, the process was fine. The result was not. Like, I, you know, who would have guessed that, you know, we, we got it right. At the end of the day, we knew Adam Thielen was going to have a bad year. This is Adam Thielen's worst year he's ever had in the last five. So, and then Irv Smith wasn't good. So, like, KJ Osborne was correct as a possible guy to step up. He did it. It happens. It's TJ Hawkinson. But you're not predicting in-division trades. <laughs> right you're not predicting that you know 
And if you're predicting two guys to go down, somebody might go up. So I, yeah, I see it themselves over a lot for that kind of stuff. And I mean, that target share is just so concentrated toward Justin Jefferson, too. There's really not much going right. on for anybody. You know, TJ Hawkinson could be productive for a tight end, but, you know, if it was if he was a receiver, you know, he wouldn't be doing much either. So um, no, that's exactly. interesting. And then, uh, you know, I have uh, Jalen Hurts, uh, Devontae Adams, and Josh Jacobs as the next three names up. Those are all, you know, pretty solid you know, picks. But yeah, that was just funny. You know, I drafted a ton of Jalen Hurts, actually. Um, you know, I, I was in, you know, I was in on Jalen Hurts in the sixth round. Every time he was in, you know, I'd be drafting in the sixth round. He was there, click, click, click. So that that, that ended up being a pretty solid pick. I'm sure we'll see them. Do you, do you think that we'll see quarterbacks go a lot earlier next year? Definitely. Okay. Um, you, you see this trend happen a lot. Like, I remember a couple of years ago, uh, so pre-Underdog, there used to be a thing called Draft. That was the original game that Underdog had. And I used to see round one Cam Newton. Round one and two Cam Newton after his big MVP year. And I remember going, that's terrible. Like, that is such an upside buy. Um, but Josh Allen was round four, three this year. So it wouldn't surprise me if Jalen Hurts is round four next year, round three. You know, Kyler's probably going to drop because they were together. Uh, Lamar is probably going to stay the same. And uh, Josh Allen and Jalen Hurts are going to be at the top with Mahomes. Like, they're going to be so expensive next year. You're going to see a lot of people play mid round quarterbacks next year. Like, I, I'll probably play to Kirk next year again because I don't know how I like Jalen. I wasn't a big fan of Jalen up until about mid end of July. So like I got onto him later than others. Uh, I thought he was a little expensive. Um, I didn't think he'd pass a lot. And I was like, okay, like round six though, is still not the worst. Like you could take a ton of risk at six, seven, like you, like you just said, right? Six is amazing. So I think you're going to see a lot of those guys that are performing season long, just, just rise up. They're going to be round three, round four next year. You know, I was I was thinking even more aggressive. If you, I don't know if you did a ton of the best ball resurrection drafts, they were going in round one in the best ball resurrection drafts. Yeah, the problem with resurrection is like they all kind of failed. Like if you anyone took Josh Allen round one this year lost. Like there's no way the resurrection yeah. team can win with that. So I think people are going to refigure that out. And um, ADP always reshifts based on like expert rankings. Um, you know, the degenerates that like myself who draft a lot, they'll they'll, they'll shift really quick. Um, I wouldn't take anything that we see this year right now as a t as a concrete for next year. Okay. I mean, people yeah. are taking Calvin Ridley this year already. Like, you know what I mean? So, who knows? I believe it. Um, you know, it's I, I I think I think we could see some quarterbacks in round two next year. I think we'll see some of the you know, and I think it could be you know a wide gap between those next quarterbacks listed because, like I said, you're getting a big advantage with the Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, and then we saw all those kind of those round eight to nine to ten quarterbacks this year. Tom Brady, Matthew Stafford, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, they all fell flat on their face. So, you know, yeah, you might see. Funny that you mentioned those two guys. Matthew Stafford, Tom Brady was the winning combo last year. (laughs) Not this year, right? Yeah, not this year. They were literally in the same draft spot they were last year to this year. Um, They were the winning combo. They had the highest advance rates. They were literally league winners. If you had Stafford Brady as their combo, you had the best combination you could have all season. And uh, they didn't really move up. And then they fell flat. Like it's one of those, like, and I think that's a really good example of what I'm saying for this is that you can't use last year's projections to be like, Oh my God, like, see, this is why you need to have these guys. Cause a lot of people did that. Myself and I was like, Stafford Brady, like did the same. They had the best quarterback numbers last year, you know? So I'll take one of them and, and, and streamline them with like Trevor Lawrence and Kirk cousins on the side and I'll get good numbers. Well, it panned out cause Trevor Lawrence and Kirk cousins and two had good numbers. But Stafford did nothing. Tom Brady did nothing. 
So I, I think a lot of people are going to fall for that trap of round two, uh, Jalen Hurts, I think, round two, round three. And I you're going to it's going to be funny because it doesn't pay off. It doesn't most of the times it's not going to pay off, especially when you could have Travis Kelsey this year at round two, you know? Oof. Yeah, I think I, I think I, yeah, Devonte Adams, Travis Kelsey, I think was like the optimal start. Like, oh man, like if you started he off won. with those two, whew. he won the one million dollars this year. Yeah, is that was that what it is? Perfect. Yeah, that's it was Devonte Adams, uh, Travis Kelsey, zero RB with Jalen Hurts around yeah. six. That's a, a bunch of other stuff, but like that was the winning combo. What you just said, Travis Kelsey, Devonte Adams, like. <sighs> You know, oh, like that's man. great. Yeah, that, that's a win. That's a winner right there, man. And so yeah, next year, you know, if you started off with like Austin Eckler, you know, you're 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 feeling pretty good. But like most for the most part, you know, the wide receivers put you in a better spot. Christian McCaffrey, you're very happy with Christian McCaffrey as well. I mean, you're probably happy with Derrick Henry. He, he was yeah, Derrick Henry's been one. solid. You know, he's had some down weeks, but you know, overall, you're you're happy with that. But you know, over you know, next year, definitely switching to a little bit more wide receiver heavy, at least initially too. Um, and, and we'll dive into the playoff best ball, the new gauntlet that just dropped. Oh, God, but, that's scary. <laughs> but before before I do that, I'm just going to pay a few more bills really quick. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play, exclusive rewards, and right, right, and right at your fingertips with win rewards on WinBet. Looking to get involved in a same-game parlay? Win, WinBet is now in your home with their WinBet Build Your Own Bet, letting you customize the bet you want to make. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. WinBet has what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100. Win $100. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim your free bet today. Offer subject change, terms, and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And we have Underdog Fantasy back as a sponsor, so it's perfect for the Underdog uh, Battle Royale show. We're back with Underdog Fantasy. And if, and if you haven't signed up already, you can still get a 100% deposit match up to $100 when you use the promo code SGPN. Just go to underdogfantasy.com promo code sgpn for a 100 deposit match underdog is great for their weekly battle royale format as well getting an early start with their playoff best ball underdogfantasy.com slash promo promo code sgpn all right and now we will dive into the playoff best ball that we were talking about in that promotion there um it is called the gauntlet this is this seems like the this is the big boy here this is like the best ball mania version of the playoff format this is 25 dollars an entry you know, before, you know, I was kind of goofing around with those $5 entries. It's all fun and games with those. But then when you get to $25, the big tickets, it's just like, oh, I can't I can't mess up these drafts. So. <laughs> no, I agree. There's less experimentation. Um, mm -hmm. That's why the mitten is a big deal. The mitten is what you're looking for, the $5 playoff. Uh, get the mitten first and then jump back into the gauntlet after. Uh, I, I did a lot of these 5 and $10 ones. I, I think they were $10, actually before the gauntlet that dropped here but this this the field's a lot sharper i was talking you know in these last couple weeks that like i was drafting in the, in the first one that dropped like i would be with five people that weren't correlating anything they were drafting players from seven eight different teams and you know their just <laughs> playoff best ball team was dead right from the bat because you want to be building a super bowl matchup with your you know be drafting predominantly from two different teams or at least get at least get five players from two different teams so you can at least fill a starting lineup in the super bowl potentially 
but now it's it, it's popular. There's a lot of con there's a little bit more content on it, and everyone in there is is pretty sharp drafters from that, at this point. So, you know, do you do you have any overarching strategies that you're going in with? I know that I'm you know I'm th kind of throwing ADP out the window, and you know if, if you want to build those like Super Bowl stacks, if you want to get get the Buffalo Philly. Um, San Francisco 49ers, uh, you know, KC, you know, these kind of stacks, you're going to need to draft them early. So um, I just, you know, shout out to James uh, Brima Combe. I can never say his last name, but uh, he's the one that won last year's uh, championship for playoff and he won the drafters. So he double dipped both championships in one season, which is like crazy, right? Like whoever wins two, of, you know, it's like, what do you like? Best while made and puppy one. You'd be like, no one does that. Right. So, um, he won both and he, he makes, he takes a lot of content for playoff best one. I think people were started reading it. So people are getting a little bit sharper because there's no one better to listen to than the two time champ. Right. So, um, he talks about a lot right now that people aren't looking at his bye weeks. So there's a lot of people drafting like a ton of Eagles. There's a lot of people drafting, um, you know, a ton of bills or, or chiefs thinking that, Oh, like I'm, these guys are going to the Super Bowl, Right. But like, what if they get bye weeks and you're out round one? Like yep, and because you played nobody. Um, so he he actually talks about like drafting those guys and stacking those teams up, but at the same time, like playing around bye week. Like you have if you're drafting Eagles, you need more NFC players. Like you're gonna need possibly Derrick Henry for that bad what not well, you know, I got here's up NFC, but like a bad player for that week, right? I would right now, if I'm drafting, I'm taking a lot of uh, Chargers. I think the Chargers are a team right now. I think they're under 50% for playoffs. I think they just hit 50% chance. But they're going so far late. I think I got like round six, Austin Eckler. I've it's seen like, him go. I've seen him go late. I've gotten Austin Eckler in round nine before. Right? Like, you take Austin Eckler, and this is – think about it like this. This this is a Chargers team that has a higher percentage to make playoffs than uh, Detroit, et cetera. And this is the best version of that team they have at all season. So they're likely to win more games. They're likely to make playoffs, and they're probably gonna get past round one. So you know, you have bye week issues, and then you need a round one, round two guy. Why? Why couldn't it be them? And you know, if and if people really like the Chargers, there's a chance they are AFC championship team. You know, unlikely, but it's possible. Like nothing's impossible, right? So I'm I'm taking a little bit of those guys because you have to play around bye week. So if I'm taking Chiefs or, um. Bills to be championship, you know, Super Bowl teams. I have to assume they're going to play either each other, or at least the Chargers. So why not stack them a little bit? So I, I, I think Eckler's a guy that's like really good. I think the Chargers are a team that's very overlooked right now. Like I'd rather yeah. take all the Chargers over every Buccaneer team, Buccaneer person right mm -hmm. now, or take Absolutely. them over. Um, you know, people are taking a lot of Detroit Lions because it's funny, but it's like they're still under fifty percent to make playoffs. So I guess I think I think having someone like the Chargers right now is a huge deal, especially if you're running with your strategy of Super Bowls, because that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to run the Super Bowl team. So, but those yeah. two teams have bye weeks, you know, uh, Chiefs and uh, Eagles. <clears throat> yep, absolutely, and and I agree. You know, I'm not necessarily shying away from the buff. Like you know, like I I've been building Buffalo and like Philadelphia or, or Philadelphia and Kansas City stacks. But like yeah. I'm just going five, you know, because I got to build a whole nother team for week one, and that's what's got to get me through. So I'll start off with five Philadelphia, or and Kansas City or Buffalo players, and then that's it. I'm I'm just hoping to you know kind of hit the perfect lineup with that. It's kind of like a lottery ticket. 
So, and then I'm going to fill, I'm going to have to draft a whole nother five set of players for my elite to get me through round one. And, and, you know, that's not impossible because you're getting a lot of players like a Lamar Jackson, like an Austin Eckler, you know, guys who are not, you know, maybe who people think are going to lose in the first or second matchup, but, you yeah. know, players that are going to be highly productive in those games too. So I'm not necessarily shying away. And like you said, yeah, there's a lot of great players like the chart, you know, in the first playoff best ball, it, it was the Cincinnati. Cincinnati was going real late. You could get Jamar Chase in fifth and sixth round. This was like the tournament that closed up like a month ago. Yeah. And I was just, you know, that was my pivot because, you know, your your draft gets crashed in the middle of it all the time with these because there are people trying to go for your stacks and then you'll just run out. So you have to do a quick pivot. And that was my favorite Cincinnati. And now you're right. I do think it's the Chargers. You know, I've, I've like have been blown up in the sixth and seventh round. And then just like, okay, like I have to completely try to pick a, a you know, have a new side because you know all my players were picked up so yeah you draft justin herbert keenan allen and mike williams you can close out your draft with that even or you know throw austin eckler in round six you can close your draft out with those three or four picks there because they're going pretty late right now um yeah uh, um i got I, i've been drafting some almond ross st brown in round 10 the last yeah, uh, 48 hours pick. or so yeah so you know um i don't necessarily see detroit getting past the first or second round but yeah i mean it, it's gonna be a tough call for them to make playoffs but I think when any team is at the forty percent mark, I think it's worth taking a pivot shot on. Yeah, I mean it's it's the only time I would consider taking somebody different is like a shoe in conference kind of guy. Like if you really love the 49ers, like I would consider taking Jordan Mason, right? Like you know something random like that, uh, Juwan Jennings even, and being like you know these guys could ha- or George Kittle, you know George Kittle just had himself a game last night. So like those guys that are going a little bit later. Uh, that are guaranteed to make playoffs, but maybe not as well touted or well loved due to either position or that they're the second or third string on their team. So like Juwan Jennings, George Kittle, like Jordan Mason, I think those guys have very interesting shots for one to two spike weeks in your playoffs. And if they happen to be Super Bowl contenders, right? Like I think anyone can say that the 49ers have a shot at conference two Super Bowl contenders. Like why not? Like why not take those guys versus someone that has no shot at, at playoffs? And, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm aggressive, you know, this is kind of like, to me, you know, I, I've used the comparison a couple of times in the last couple of days. Like, this is like watching baby sea turtles try to make it to open ocean. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like you know, we're, we're, we're doing the heavy correlated or heavy correlated teams and, you know, that and the people that don't like kind of just draft the best player available, they're going to do best in the first round, but we're trying to get a couple teams into that next round, into that conference championship game where we, where, where we have, can still put up full lineup. So, you know, I don't mind getting a, you know, just taking an Amon Rossi Brown, Austin Eckler's guys who might lose in the first round of the playoff, but you know, who are going to be able to get you points to get past that initial hump, because I think what it's just going to get easier and easier, especially, you know, if you have these heavily correlated teams, as we get deeper into the playoffs, teams are going to be thinning out. They won't be able to put up full lineups anymore. It's that first mm-hmm. week. That's going to be the hardest one. We're just trying to get a few teams past that first week. And then, you know, we might be in good shape to win some money. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's a it, it, the the correct take to have, uh, to have those one to two week guys, and then run that Super Bowl roster. Like run your Super Bowl roster. Um, I would also just point out to people it's that you, we as a whole cannot predict who is going to be in the Super Bowl, right? If you're talking about past history, like no one guessed the Falcons would be in the Super Bowl, no one would guess the Eagles with Nick Foles would be a Super Bowl team. So diverse a little, um, take those pop shots on these other possible Super Bowl scenarios, right? Because even last year, people didn't have the Rams for Super Bowl. I remember seeing 
thousands of tweets going, oh, you know, Matthew Stafford's a playoff choke artist. It's going to happen, you know. Take, you know, Patrick Mahomes and, you know, take the Chiefs and oh, I forgot what the NFC team was at the time that everyone was, like, really high on. Uh, Bucks. Right, Tam- Chiefs, Bucks, Bucks, Chiefs yeah, Bucks. Yeah, I was going to say Bucks. Yeah. You know, go Chief Bucks the entire time. And then Stafford slides his way in. And so it's the Bengals. Like, you never know, right? So try to mix it up a little bit, too. Yeah, you know, I, I I've been getting the, I get a little Ravens action, especially you know if if kind of get, get blown up in the middle rounds, or you know if I'm looking for a quarterback, if my quarterback is Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes, and I you know I think they might get a bye week, I uh, I'll draft Lamar Jackson in the later rounds. J.K. Dobbins, you know, if he has another big week, he's going to fly up that draft board too. So you know, I've been getting some of these players in the past week, but yeah, like I said, the stakes are raised now. You know, it's all fun and games when we're doing three dollar and five dollar Pomeranians and you know and uh, smaller drafts but yeah when you get to 25 dollars buy and that, that's when you want to pay attention you want to keep the phone out of the pocket oh man i'll tell i can't tell you how many times I, underdog needs you know the one thing i would ask of underdog is to get like a, something loud like you know what i mean or like to get something like a function i don't i'm not a computer you know this is far from me you know i, I don't know how to do programming and all that but man get something to really yell at me when i'm up for drafting because man i'll stick my phone in my pocket i'm doing something because it's so easy to draft you start drafting when you're doing something i'll just look i look down like i got auto pick three times i'm like gosh darn it yeah i, I agree i i feel like that's how it could be inconsistent when you're drafting numerous teams yeah. i think underdog would just tell you to be like hey if you spent money like focus on your money I, I ha- i'm I sure they would on, tell me that i had someone on twitter say that too like why are you guys autopiloting your drafts like you know autopiloting meaning them is that you're just like going through the motions like you spent money like stop and we're like he's right you know, we're like this guy's right. right we should stop yeah i mean it's tough it's just that. like they make it so easy to draft you're like oh i can i can cook and and do it and do a best ball mania draft right here and then then you just get into the zone for a second you look down oh my goodness I, i've already missed two of my picks you know what i mean it's just like ah oh. yeah um, so I, I, I get I, sad I and depressed sometimes too if it happens like three or four picks and i like i got screwed and you know my team took like two or three quarterbacks i'll just turn it off i'm just like i'm done i don't even want to look at this draft anymore <laughs> hey, oh, but fun jokes aside, so I, I play a lot of video games and I do a lot of draft. Mm-hmm. One of my game, one of my drafts that I forgot about while drafting because I played the video game, um, actually made it to quarterfinals. So it, it's actually my highest scoring team. I was like, oh my god, my auto draft is better than the rest of my teams. It's like I, I think I it's it. like nineteen hundred points or something coming into the or like something ridiculously pretty high. And I was like. Oh God! Like I'm much worse than an auto drafting. Right now. I mean, it, there's something to be said for taking the best player available on each pick, as long as you don't end up with like four quarterbacks or something like that. It can be, it can turn out just fine. It's a, it's a really weird janky best ball mania team. It has like Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson on the team, and I'm just like, oh, this is like super expensive at quarterback, but like it paid off because a lot of the fourth and fifth round guys were bad at wide receiver. So it, it was, oh it's, yeah, it's absolutely, exactly right. So like, it's like, did I could have grabbed Darnell Mooney or Allen Robinson or some other guy that didn't pay off, and I got Lamar Jackson who actually paid off. So it, it's just funny to me. I look at like that draft and I'm like, eh, maybe, maybe, maybe the robots do know something. Maybe AI knows what's up. <laughs> you know, it was so funny because I, I remember I posted. Uh, I remember in August and I remember looking back at it. Out, uh, I looked at. I, I said like, you know, just like the ugliest round of a best ball of the, of the underdog draft. And I posted the fourth round as, as I thought that I was just like, Oh, I just looked at it. Like Alan Robinson, Jerry Judy, Gabriel Davis. It was just like, Oh, I was like, 
I, I knew I just thought like, you know, those guys all had a lot of potential, but it was just a lot of like you're you're buying a guy who has not done it, or like Alan in Alan Robinson's case, you know, just you know, who hadn't hadn't done it at all the previous year, you know, kind of looked a little a little dusty. So um yeah, I just didn't like that fourth round at all. So, you know, I and I ended up with a lot of Brees Hall that of course I it you know, it was a good call, but unfortunately injuries just kind of beat us up this year like they do every year, I guess. So, you know, fantasy football is a battle of attrition more than anything else, it appears. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a big fan of the fourth round either. I remember looking at a lot of the sixth round guys and the fifth round guys going, these guys should be around four. You know, I like the DK Metcalf, and I was just like, he should be around four guy. I, I was looking at um, uh, who else? There's, there's a few guys that were like round seven, and I'm just like, these should be round four guys, round five. Like a lot of the running backs, right? Josh Jacobs should have been around four guy. Um, Gibson just... should have been around five guy, six guy. David Montgomery should have been around four, five guy. But these guys all fell to like round seven, eight. And I remember going like, this is going to bite us in the butt. I this mean, Josh really Jacobs like, was going just tumble. He was going like the RB30 at the end. Yeah. Like, you know, it was just silly. He, he's like, never been RB30 before. He's always been at least a top 20 RB with most of his finishes in the top 12. So I remember just all looking, right. I was like, the community has this wrong, and they're all going to see it in like four months, and it's going to be hilarious. They're going to. I drafted a lot of Josh Jacobs. Yeah. It was just silly. Like, it was just like, guys, like, okay, like, and what's what's the worst case scenario? Like, yes, he like. Do you really like? They were just convincing themselves that Amir Abdullah was going to have this giant role in the Zubir offense. Amir Abdullah, yeah. Brandon Bolden. It was just like, guys, it was like really like Josh Jacobs is. I I just never saw it, and I just didn't see the incentive. It was just like so. If the Raiders didn't, they were like the Raiders didn't give him a new contract. Okay, perfect. It's like so that they, they, they're incentivized to just run him out. Then you know what I mean? Just like to yeah. just give him the ball a ton and send him on his way. So um, yeah. and he might. Question for you on this. How do you uh-huh. this is so you you made a good point, and I was talking about this with somebody else. Like you made a great point about um, you know, Amir Abdullah, Brandon Bolden, Zamir White, right? It's like how often have running backs ever actually lost in their job without an injury? I this mean, season is just Pacheco. Pacheco's the only guy that got his that took the starting role without a person that got in, without a person getting injury. I mean, yeah, I mean, it doesn't happen often. I mean, yeah, I mean, there are certain times when running backs just start losing a step a little bit, but like, I mean, it they wouldn't still have use been. use him as a first down guy. Like, David yeah. Montgomery was um, used up until he got injured. Zeke was used up until he got injured. Um, Travis Etienne would be a guy that technically counts, but Travis Etienne was a first round pick, anyways. We knew he was going to take over the role eventually. There's, unless the guy, like, there's never been a guy that's very often, right? Isaiah Pacheco is the only one that comes to my mind this year. That is um, someone that usurped the job. So you hear that a lot, like, "Oh, Miles Sanders is going to lose his job to Kenneth Gainwell." You, you know, you know, Josh Jacobs is going to lose his job to Zero Murray. Like, you see all these names that come up, and it's unless they're like thirty-year-old guys, it's like very, very rare. I mean, what Ryan Robinson is probably the only other guy that took over somebody's role, but we already knew this was going to be a, a committee anyway. It's just like, yeah, and like, I don't know, like, there's a reason, like, I, I get it, running backs go later and later, but Zamir White was like a, a what was, he's a fourth round pick, right? It's just fourth like, a, round pedigree guy, yeah. yes. I mean, it's like, okay, and he, had, he was in a complimentary role his whole time at Georgia. It's just like, okay, you know, at some point, it's just like, let's put a little respect on Josh Jacobs' name, who's finished as a back end RB1 for a couple years in a row now. So it's, it's yeah. a little ridiculous. Uh, but yeah, next year, I imagine. You know, guys like uh, David Montgomery will probably be a value pick again, and there'll be some other names around there. And that kind of running back dead zone that actually isn't so dead a lot of the time as, as people think. Um, with that, though, yeah, we will dive good. into the 
week 15 battle royale i've been doing some of these drafts you know just quickly right off the bat you know i do uh every week i like to do uh look up some trends of the battle royale winners just try to you know kind of give us some some more what they've been doing this whole year and this week i kind of wanted to see if battle royale winners are just getting lucky i wanted to see if like if they're drafting a ton of players who just fall in adp you know because if you do a ton of drafts you know you know there's there's that you know there's a thousand drafts you know there's going to be somebody who gets a ton of these uh extra you know picks you know players that fell or extra round or so. And, you know, that's not what I really found. Um, I did, uh, you know, and in, in most part, people are drafting in line with ADP. Now, what I would say is that every single battle Royale, or, I'm sorry, not every single one, nine of the battle Royale winners so far have selected a player that's fallen below uh, around below ADP. So, you know, a player that's fallen below six, uh, you know, more than six picks. So, you know, what, you know, just my takeaways from this is yes. Um, when a player is falling in the draft, I think you want to snag them up. You know, if a player, you know, just because it creates a unique build as well as a value situation. Um, you know, so if you have a, a player, you know, that was, you know, ADP of 12 and you're at pick 20, um, that's not going to happen in a lot of drafts. So, you I, you know, I, I want to snag that, that, you know, whoever that might be, if it works for you, if it works for your lineup, I want to snag that guy because that creates a unique lineup and it probably could get you in a big uh, value situation as well. So most of the winners, while it's not crazy, but most of the Battle Royale winners this year have selected a player that's fallen at least six picks in the draft. Any thoughts on that? No, I think that's right, right? Unique builds, it's how you win. You treat Battle Royale as a DFS but with a draft with a draft timer, right? So you you want to take as many bullets as you can, first off, because you're never gonna get the best scenario in one shot. Yeah, you, ne- you never know. I say the word never, but let's say highly unlikely you get the best scenario in one shot. Yep. Secondly, things change through the week, right? Like so. The second thing is the second, you know, like right now, Zach Wilson's starting. So who everyone that had Garrett Wilson up until this point is hating their lives. People who took Elijah Moore up until this point are hating their lives. Because we expected a, a you know a fun little shootout between Jets and the Lions. At least I did. I know I'm not speaking for you, but you know we would hope that Mike White comes out there. It's going to be a good time, right? We want all the Garrett Wilson. We want all that stuff. I don't want Garrett Wilson out. I don't want no. Elijah Moore as a as a sneaky unique pick. You know I don't. I don't even want to watch that game anymore. <laughs> you want to be like. Yeah, I- I mean, Elijah Moore, I was thinking he was a cash play in DFS. Like what he was like, he's like 30, like he's in the, he's in the $3,000 on DraftKings. It's just like, what? And like he had a pretty good game last week. So I was thinking like, man, if I want to get really cheap somewhere, I think I can get a few catches out of Elijah Moore this week. And I, you know, it's just like, it's like that office. We're canceling them lineups. We're canceling them lineups now. <laughs> We're it's like, it's like the office gift with Mike, when Michael Scott uh, sees, uh, what's his name back in the Toby. office after, yeah, Toby back in the office. It's just like, no, like this is, that's Elijah Moore right now. He's like, no, no, God, no. no. Like, this is not what we, we signed up for. This is not what we want. Um, so I think that's one of those things that, you know, you, things change through the week. So sometimes good or bad news comes in that shifts uh, to help get you a unique play. Um, sometimes they're one day off situations, right? There, I've seen it all the time in best ball uh, and battle royale. Like questionable news comes up, and that guy plummets. And the next mm-hmm. thing you know, he's playing like T. Higgins, right? A guy that was like that was questionable at first, and then then ended up not on the uh, the injury report. And people started piling him up. It's it's T. Higgins. It's get him, and he gets you a zero. You know, <laughs> so. You know, you know, I always think it's a smart battle royale strategy. Like, wait, if you're hopping in these drafts in the initial part of the week, take those questionable players in round six, five, and six. People just let those guys fall. You know, whether it be Justin Fields, like the week before last. You know, just like people, 
you know, those questionable tags, they don't want to draft them at the start of the week. So, you know, and I always think you're going to lose all your leverage when, when you're drafting players who, when they get the healthy tag, you're losing all your leverage. There were, there are people who drafted these players earlier in the week in rounds five and six. And if you start drafting this guy in round one and two now, because he's healthy and going to play, you're not getting any, anything on those other teams. So, you know, I, I think if you're going to take a, a, you know, a player with a questionable designation in the week, take them earlier in the week at the depressed ADP. And then, yeah. And then once they're declared healthy, you leave it be because uh, you know, you're, you're, you're not going to be able to compete with it. You know, you might as well just hope that that guy's not going to produce if you haven't gotten any of them yet, in my opinion, at least. No, that's fair. And I think, like you said, getting unique is fun too. Uh, maybe, maybe the play is to play some wings this week more than you were thinking originally. Because now, my, now Zach Wilson's not there, so maybe that defense gets tired, or it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, a lot of these questionables, uh, a lot of these little minor changes. Um, I mean, is there any games you're focusing on that you want to take? Um, yes, actually, that's a that's a great segue. Uh, that's a professional segue right there. Um, the uh, the games that I have to target here. Um, let me look back through my notes right here. The first one I have up is the obvious one: Titans versus Chargers. Uh, 46.5 <laughs> that's funny that's a good one yeah that, i didn't that, think about that for some reason yeah that that's a great that's a great one uh you know justin herbert uh you know i i always say um you know i've gone through it extensively on on the previous podcast like you're looking for a top three you know these battle royales are only six player lineups you're looking for a perfect lineup so um you can essentially eliminate like most of the field because you're looking for top three outcomes for essentially every position so you know um Justin Herbert, I have this, the quarterback player, Justin Herbert. You don't even need to consider Ryan Tannehill. You have Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams. I don't think any Tennessee wide receiver has the upside to get there, so I'm not really considering, especially with Traylon Burks not likely being active. Uh, tight end plays, I uh, do like Gerald Everett this week a lot. Um, Chiga Quanquo has been fantastic. Um, I just, you know, he's getting a little bit uh, too pop. He's probably becoming a little bit too of a popular player. I'll probably fade him this week because I don't think he could probably keep it up. You know, he did get that touchdown last week, but I do like Gerald Everett a lot this week. Um, but yeah, you know, that's my favorite game of the week. I'm really, I like that one now that you brought that up. I was also, I'm citing myself for a little bit of um, Cowboys Jaguars. I yep, think that's the next this, one I had up. I think these teams have a lot of potential to be like a random, like Zay Jones is like the guy, right? Like this random guy that gets like six, four, seven, sorry, six or seven catches for 60, 80 yards and a touchdown randomly. I think that could be a fun one as usual. Um, Cowboys have been pretty much on fire. I think Dalton Schultz gets a really good week out of this. I think people are overlooking. Titans never get the same love they do in Battle Royale like they should. So like Dalton Schultz is the guy I think that could be really fun to have. And then Call me, call me a little crazy though, but I also like uh, Giants Commanders. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Brian Robinson one. could be a fun play, and I think a lot of these random Giants receivers, like Richie James Jr. and Darius Slayton, like always show up in the fourth quarter, and then you're always like, "Oh, I should I had him? He was going, he was, he wasn't even being drafted." Like, I, I it's terrible, but I, I, I have a lot of like Richie James Juniors and like Darius Slaytons in my leagues that have been winning, winning it off because. Nobody wants them. Nobody wants these like unknown guys. You know, I always think it's a little like, you know, the 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 battle royale is always a little bit different. I always think because you know, I while I love the Richie Jameses and Darius Slaytons kind of in those uh, DFS like in the DraftKings or the FanDuel formats, it's always a little bit tougher here because, I mean, it's just like when I've done the stats on it before, 
it's like 72, like, like three quarters of battle Royale winners have had two top five wide receivers in their lineup. And the bulk of battle Royale winners only have two wide receivers in their lineup and have two running backs. And yeah. so you're just looking for that perfect lineup. And I always quite like, that's why I never get too cute in the battle Royale. And like, I don't go too, you know, I don't go too deep on the list because, you know, I just like, well, I think those guys are great. And, and I think they can outperform their ADP. I'm just not sure they have the top, like that top 10, top five upside it's to, true. to win like, the battle Royale. They're never going to be Devonte Adams. And I, and I think yeah. that's a very good point to point out. Uh, but Terry McLaurin, I like a lot in that matchup. The thing is Terry McLaurin's never put up a week this year. That's been that high as Richie or Darius. So I, I fell for a Terry McLaurin week of two weeks ago. I was like, you know, Terry McLaurin is just a big guy, big name. You know, he's going to go off. Been one for like six, 67 yards. Um, I think yeah, at this point of the tough. season, we have to adjust a little bit. Now, obviously, like you don't want to get too, too cute. Like, we're not going to, like I said, these are all one off. These are all bullet bullet teams, right? Where you make a thousand yeah. bullets. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like Brian Robinson is like a running back I really, really consider right now. Like, I think he should be pegged pretty high. I don't think he is the last I checked the battle royales. But I would no, I don't even think he's probably getting drafted in most battle royales because you're only get drafting 12 running backs. Yeah, uh, at most, and that's that. And that's not most drafts either. So you're probably and getting eight or nine running backs drafted in most drafts. Yeah, and I think he's a very interesting potential because we know that that team runs the ball a ton. We know that he has had hundred yard games and a touchdown already, and that's I think that's like right now. There's not many running backs I think that can do a hundred yards and a touchdown. Um. Yeah, I I, that, I like yeah. Brian Robinson isn't a, a unique one. I think he's actually snuck on a battle royale winner this year, um, and yeah. so it's not out of their own possibilities. Um, I mean, and, you know, and running back position is super thin, so you know if, if he gets a couple touchdowns, he'll he'll crack that top ten. So like, if we look at the running backs this week, it's what do you let's go with like Robinson, right? Like, do you like the Dolphins, Bills, Ravens, Browns running backs more? I mean, Chubb hasn't really put up the last four weeks. He put up one game in the last four weeks. Um, I mean, I would have to rank Chubb ahead of him based on principle, but, uh, but yeah, yeah that's principle, but realistically, there's a, there's a scenario where you see him not producing. Yeah. There's a absolutely. lot of guys right now, I think in this particular week and injuries that guys like, cause Travis Etienne is not someone I'd use. He hasn't done anything in what, how long? Yeah, I have, I have him as a low end RB. I think I have him like as a fringe RB two this week. I might have him at an RB three range in my rankings actually. I mean, Damian Pierce is a guy that rarely sees end zone. I don't want Falcons. I don't want Saints. Uh, James Conner is probably someone I think that's that I think we overlook yep. a lot, dude. That's who really. I, right. I have him like he's going in the fifth and sixth round. I think that's yeah. criminal. I think he. I yeah. have him as my first RB value here. Um, Denver you, is what? it's a it's a tough matchup, but I I, I Patriots, think he's, Broncos don't have running backs. Bengals running backs are confusing. Buccaneers is confusing. Titans obviously. Titans Chargers have Eckler Henry, which is fine. And then Rams Packers, like, what are we doing over there? Right. Like, I actually think it's a funny, like, I think people are going to take Saquon way too high. And I love Saquon. Um, and I think, like, Brian Robinson is like the guy. Like, I, I think we made a call out a couple weeks ago where, like, Tony Pollard, like, is overlooked. And it's only Pollard, like, ended up getting two touchdowns and 130 yards. Right. So I think, like, Ryan Robinson is like that guy, like, a very strong RB2 pickup this week. Yep, I like him a lot. Uh, I have Pacheco's also going right next to James Conner really late in drafts. You know, Jerry McKinnon, baby, it's McKinnon season. <laughs> you know, I, I think it. You know, I think it's going to be a Pacheco week, and I because yeah, no, I, I think that I think Kansas City is going to be able to beat up on Houston, and I think they'll become comfortable just running Pacheco. And you know, I don't even think Pacheco has a really interesting running style. Uh, he's he he just feels like he's shot out of a cannon initially. Like you know what I mean? He's and so Kenneth fat. Walker, man. They yeah. they come bursting out. 
he's so fast. He gets to the, like that five yard cornerback level so quickly. I don't think he has much else to his game. Like he gets to that five, he gets five yards downfield so quick and like a blink of an eye, the defense like, Whoa. And then, but then he doesn't have a lot of vision or anything like that. So I, you know, it's just, he has, like I said, he's super interesting. He's so fast. And um, I heard another podcast talking about it this week. I listened to a lot of them. So I, I'm sorry. I can't remember who uh, maybe so I'm sure maybe somebody tell me later, uh, but they, they were talking about that. His running style kind of confuses people into thinking that he's really good. I, you know, I, I tend to agree with that. I think that I don't, I don't know. I don't see like a huge future for Pacheco. Like I don't think he's going to be the lead running back for the chiefs for years to come, but yeah, he just, he's so fast that like, yes, he, when he finds a hole, if he can get a hole, he's going to be gone five to 10 yards downfield super quick. Um, and I do have him as a fringe RB one this week, actually, just because oh, wow. the running back landscape, the way it is, I have him as a top 15 play. And so I think, you know, just as being later in drafts, I, uh, I like Pacheco a lot as well. I, I, I don't disagree on him at all. I think he's one of those guys that's on a high powered offense. He has, he has the ability to like fall into the red and like fall into goal line. Like these plotters. Uh, that was my argument for Kenneth Walker yesterday. It was just like, if you believe the Seahawks get down the field, who gets the touchdown? And most of the time, the answer would have been Kenneth Walker, right? They get to the four-yard line. Kenneth Walker barely missed it. He missed about like three yards yesterday. So, like, he would have been a smash play, realistically. He could have had an 18-point game. Uh, but I think, like, Pacheco's one of those guys. But, like, my only kicker for Pacheco is he's not well-loved by his, by, his by his coaching staff, right? You know, there's always the coach guy. Like, McKinnon's a coach guy. Like, coaches love him. Kyle Shanahan loved him. You know, Vikings loved him. Andy Reid used him in the playoffs after he was injured for his entire, like, last four years. And he used him in the playoffs more than he used anybody else. The 30-year-old guy off ACL tear that was un- that was no underused. He used him like crazy. And I think McKinnon is one of those guys I hate having as the RB2, RB3. The coach guy. The, the franchise guy. Like, Zeke right now, right? Like, we, we, I, you know, as much as I don't like Tony, oh, wait a second. Mm-hmm. I forgot my cat feeders on. Uh, so I right, like Tony Pollard's a guy that we know is better than Zeke, but he's like the franchise guy. Zeke's a franchise. So I think he's always going to get work. So I think that's my one kicker for Pacheco is that McKinnon is the coach's guy. They use him yep. on pass blocking. They use him to change things up. Um, just a little bit of stuff. And I think that's what kills him every week. That was yeah. Pacheco's upside. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly a touchdown play. Like, I'm I'm, I'm banking on a touchdown here. Um, he had, does have 80 uh, yards uh, plus in five straight games, though. Yes, um, yes. And uh, the other guy I had listed here is, uh, you know, Zonovan Knight. Detroit has been stout against the run. I believe it's been five straight games. They haven't allowed a running back to get over 10 PPR points. But, um, yeah, you know, this is, you know, just this could be where the, the Jets defense is tough. But, you know, this could be, you know, the Detroit offense is no slouches either. They've been fantastic. So, you know, this is just, a, you know, in the sixth round of a draft, I'm willing to take a chance on Zonovan Knight, who's been, you know, I think he, you know, he's been an RB2, but, you know, just if he gets in the end zone a couple of times, that's what we're looking for in the battle royale. Yeah. I think I like Bam Knight too. Um, but I said another guy that can't wait. Jamal Williams, another coach's guy, right? Like that kind of situation, pass blocker. Um, but, yeah, I think Bam Knight has a shot because he is getting a lot of work. And if you – Man, Zach Wilson, well, Zach Wilson is like not good. So like that's a good flip play, right? Zach Wilson isn't the guy. We don't like him. Nobody likes him. So who's the guy that gains the benefit? You're, it could be Bad Knight, you know, because they do run that ball a ton when, yeah. when he's out there. When when yeah. Zach Wilson's out there. Yeah, you know, I guess the only concern is he might not get that passing work because uh, Zach Wilson does not really pass to the running backs too often. 
I don't know if any, I don't know who's going to get the work, you know? Um, so it'll be interesting. It sucks that we're going to get Zach Wilson this week instead of Mike White. <laughs> um, do you, uh, do you, when, when it comes to wide receivers, do you have any value plays of wide receivers that maybe you saw any deeper in drafts at all? Like I said, it's for me, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be all the pop shots at the giants. Um, okay. I, I, I just think those guys always play from behind. So like that fourth quarter catch up portion of the game where Richie James does nothing for 90% of the matchup. And you know, then all of a sudden he gets seven for 70 and a touchdown and you feel, you know, like, Oh God, of course. Right. Like somebody has to catch something. So that's what I see quite a bit of. Um, obviously like, uh, I would consider maybe some of like Mac Hollins. Like Mac Hollins has had like three very strong weeks, um, so I like Mac Hollins too to an extent. If I'm getting really really weird with it, but that's it. Like you know, you said you pointed out earlier, like you're not trying to get really weird with it because it's the same receivers at the top. I would rather get weird with my running backs than I would with my wide receivers right now, because if I can get like why why am I walking away from Devonte Adams and DeAndre Hopkins? You know, why am I walking away from Mike Williams combos? You know, I should be walking away from the running back plays right now, I think is the way to go. Yeah. And, you know, um, <laughs> one interesting note is, you know, I like, uh, I like to, I like to get my running backs a little bit later. Uh, the predominantly, uh, I believe it's seven or eight, you know, way more than the quarterbacks and running backs, wide receivers and tight ends. And mo- four or five battle royale winners have started off with tight end, which is more than any other position, but then it's wide receiver next. And I, yeah. I like to get my wide receivers a little bit earlier in drafts. And then because there's only 12 running backs drafted, I still think there's always a good running back or two available in round five or six, you know, like just a Dalvin Cook, you know, not this week, but like a Dalvin Cook just sitting there in round six or, you know, just somebody like, like a big name and Alvin Kamara, you know, maybe those guys are a little dusty, you know, maybe the best, their best years are probably behind them, but are they capable, you know, when we're just doing a large field tournament and we're just taking, you know, just filling out lottery tickets, are those guys capable of putting up a big week? Absolutely. So, you know, no, I, I do look correct. I, yeah. You said like you made that good point that you don't want to get too weird with your receivers because they mm-hmm. are the more consistent. I think right, right now running backs are undervalued again. So like I'm, you know, you convinced me to just be like, Hey, you know what? Screw it. Like we're just going to play chalk, but running backs is probably where it's at. Yeah. And you know, and, but there's, so yeah, I got a little off topic there with the, with the running backs again, but um, the wide receivers that I had listed uh, Juju Smith Schuster, 28.9 ADP Christian Kirk at 30.2. T Higgins at 31. Yeah, That's Christian a fun Kirk. Guy to have. T Higgins, you know, if he's healthy in the sixth round, I think you want to, you know, I'm fine taking a shot there. You know, I, and I, I, I'm not overexposing myself to T Higgins, but like I said, it wouldn't be a bad idea to grab him in just a draft or two if he is healthy. And I have Chris Godwin at 28.1. You have any favorites among those guys? Chris Godwin's got to be big. I think right now, um, I see a lot of hate on him coming into this because the Bengals have been pretty stout against secondaries and, Sorry, it's the Bengals have been started against the receivers. Yeah. And I look at Chris Godwin, and I, I wrote an article about him coming into uh, weeks ago, right? When they come off by, I expected that Chris Godwin and Tampa Bay would be a, would be getting it right. And and how true is that? Not a ton, because obviously the Bucks are still losing. But like when you look at it, someone is getting the most work, and it's Chris Godwin. Um, he's getting the most receptions on this team. He's... They had a bad week against the number one defense in the league right now, sure. But like it's I'm totally fine with the Bucks. Like I I would play the Bucks way more often than you than most people would because they're falling so so much fault like farther down. I think what Chris Godwin was the got a, a touchdown I think two weeks ago. 
yeah, he did. He had a touchdown too. So like, he's getting the most receptions, and I think that's what you want. Opportunity um, and yardage along with the chance at a touchdown. And I think that's one of those I'd rather take out of all of those because you know he's going to get it like at least 10 targets a week. Yeah. He's, he's, ten, he's 10 in total targets for the year, and he missed four games. <laughs> See, I know, right? Like So like that's that's why I think I'm signing myself for a lot of Chris Godwin. I mean, he had that game like 100 yards and 12 catches against the Browns. And that was not a favorable week for him because no one, no one, once again, nobody believes in Chris Godwin. And you're getting him as a final pick, you know, or close to a final pick. You got to take him. You take opportunity. Yep. Absolutely. I like Juju a lot too, just because, like, you know, I, I this Houston, I think, defense, the, the passing defense is propped up by the fact that they get ran on so much. And it's just like, and teams are like, why force it? Why not, why not just run the ball if it's there for us? So I don't think this is some stellar pass defense that's going to shut down Patrick Mahomes. And I think, okay. you know, Juju Smith-Schuster is a fifth or sixth round pick. If it's, you know, it's kind of hard to tra- stack Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. You won't be able to do it in many drafts. Uh, you'll have to draft Kelsey in the first or second pick and then hope Patrick Mahomes falls to you in the back end of the second. Um, that won't happen many times. So if you need a stacking option for Patrick Mahomes, I think Juju Smith-Schuster is a good way to go. I like that one too. Um, my only kicker is that, and this is the difference between Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, is that they they play different roles on the offense. I feel like Juju and Kelsey play similar over the middle roles. So Juju has to share over the middle targets for the end zone. And I think that and we've seen that Kelsey dominates that right now. So that's my only kicker for Juju. It's like I don't I believe he gets targets. I believe he has talent. I believe he's a great fantasy player and a player in real life. But when I get to red zone, like, you know, if I'm gonna flip a coin, I'm gonna cheat and say that it's Travis Kelsey that gets a touchdown. <laughs> like, oh, it's Kelsey. Like heads heads and tails, it's Kelsey. Like it's what's gonna happen, you know. Um and that's my only kicker for Juju. It's like without the red zone, without without the goal line and the end zone, like do I trust it? Yeah, it's just probably not. I think he's a third option. Where I think Godwin's probably option one on his team. Um, yeah, you know, it's that that's true. And you know, Chris Godwin, and I, I just think that Tampa Bay offense is a mess right now. And that, that's of course why he's going so late. He only has two touchdowns on the year. So that's you know, yeah. um, I'm betting on yeah, that that regression. I'm betting on that. That could change this week. Um, Cincinnati's been a stout defense, but man, it's just hard to bet. You know, every week you're just like, man, Tom Brady could. I'm, I'm willing to take a lottery ticket. Could. I'm willing to take a lottery ticket out every single week that Tom Brady can figure it out. You know, I mean, just yeah. one or just one or two. You know what I mean? Just like slip them in there. You know what I mean? Because fourth quarter, I, Tom Brady. Here we go. Yeah. Obviously, we've seen the best of Tom Brady, but like you know, and that's in the past. But you know, like all these other, like all these other, you know, great players. Like you know, we see the best of them. It's not they can't do it consistently anymore, but they are capable of doing it one game. You know, Alvin Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Tom Brady, these guys are capable of doing it one game, having a great yeah. game. So, you know, I you know when all these great players are in the back end of drafts, I'm willing to take a chance. Uh, in fact, I'm actually might uh, I have to slide Mike White out of my uh, my quarterback tiers here, and I might oh, just no. slide I might just slide in Tom Brady in the back end here with maybe the, my last quarterback option. Um, you know. Uh, We'll finish up here uh, shortly, but uh, we'll, we'll dive into some quarterback and tight end stuff just real quick. Uh, you know, just I, I, you know, I don't ever get too cute at quarterback. You know, only one battle royale winner has had a has not had a top three quarterback in their lineup from that week. So we're looking for quarterbacks within that top three. Uh, you know, ob- there's a lot of obvious names, but just at the end of drafts, I have Dak Prescott, Trevor Lawrence, and Jared Goff highlighted, and, and I'll throw in Tom Brady in those names as well. Do you have any favorites? That, I think Dak and Trevor are the two that I like yeah. the most. I was actually going to mention Dak a lot. 
I think Dak Trevor are the two that I think I want because they throw multiple touchdowns a game. They have, or at least they have opportunity to. Um, I don't trust. I will say a little bit less on Dak for one reason: is that you know they rush a lot of t- touchdowns in recently, but in the games they they, they didn't, um, where Dak was able to pass it to Tony or something like that. It has been really nice. But I think like Trevor, they don't they, they don't do nothing but throw the ball. I think we've seen this the last four weeks where they just taken the ball out out of the rushing game and just let Trevor do Trevor things. Like I feel like it's a been a showcase of like what can Trevor do, and I. Th- think that's like one of the better plays and it was a great play last week you know yep last round of the draft uh two or three games with 300 yards and three touchdowns seven of eight games without an interception we're starting to see that upside that uh you know made him the number one pick in the draft it just took us a little longer to get here i'm not sure he's ever going to be patrick mahomes justin herbert uh but i think you know could we see like a matt like you know could we see a matthew stafford type career you know something along that trajectory i do think we could see that so um, I really I like know. Trevor Lawrence. Um, I think it's know, a little early on that. I think yeah, he, it's he a little early. Yeah, you're right. Two. I was just getting ready to say you never know. I think he's a lot better than people give him credit for. He he played with the worst quarter. He played in a very bad situation last year. Um, oh, that's none true. None of his weapons are that spectacular, right? Like at least when I look at Justin Herbert or Patrick Mahomes, that they've had great guys: Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, you know, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, Austin Eckler. I look at Trevor Lawrence. I'm like Christian Kirk, Zay Jones. <laughs> you know, like Marvin sure. Jones, you know, uh, who's the guy, the former first round pick that uh, got cut. Oh, uh, uh, Todd Treadwell, right? Like, yeah. And he's making, he's making do. Like I give him props. I give a lot of props to guys that can make do. So um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I think he's one of those guys. I think this week is just every week, just not, not loved. And I think it's in a good shootout situation because the Cowboys have been offensively, scary good so i mean this will be a big week for him and to prove it against the dallas cowboy defense um i think you know i think if he if he has a good week this week he'll get a lot of that respect so we'll see oh, I, I, I don't care about that portion i was talking about for fantasy man i i think he's the guy for this week i think that was a good pick that you had all right i like it perfect well yeah i i, I think he could have a big week too shootout potential um uh, you know he did put up a dud in in kind of a good uh in a good situation a couple weeks ago against the Detroit Lions. I think he I think he can do it again this week, though. I think he will get it done this week. Um, and for tight ends, uh, obviously, Travis Kelsey. You know, he's the second pick in the Battle Royale draft. But um, for my second tier here, I had Dalton Schultz, Pat Fryermuth, Evan Ingram going into the third tier. Uh, Cole Komet is one guy I'll stop on real quick. Um, what do you – like, I don't know what your thoughts are, but, uh, yeah, no, no Darnell Mooney. Uh, Justin Fields, you know, this passing offense is far from prolific, but, um, you know, this ball has to go somewhere. And I, I, I think Cole Komet is a, is a great punt play at a tight end this week in the sixth round. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good hit. Um, someone has to catch passes. Um, Cole Komet has been very good. I when Watching him, I'm always kind of like, oh, he's open. You know, <laughs> like, and the plays he's been getting have been, like, really gross plays, like 90 yards on four catches kind of a thing. You know, these random deep shots. Um, so I like that. I think that play is it's a good solid play. Um, I think my only kicker for Cole Komet is that you know it's all relying on Justin Fields' health, and I think he's questionable still. Uh, but other than that, like he played last week, no, two weeks ago, right? Two weeks ago, something like that. Justin Fields played recently, and I think Cole Komet's getting I think that's a come. There's not many, there's not many tight ends that I, I look at and go, I like this besides Dalton Schultz and maybe Evan Ingram every other week kind of situation. 
Yeah, Evan Ingram is someone who's okay. Like, I, I wouldn't be putting him in any tournament lineups this week just because yeah. he'll be super popular. But exactly. in the Battle Royale, he's fine. Like, he goes in the sixth round, so it's just like, okay. You know, um, so I'm fine with that there. Um, the other name I threw at you, Gerald Everett, I think could have a big week. He gets all the, he gets the targets we're looking for, 14 targets over the last two weeks. He does have the full complement of weapons back, so we are just counting on yeah. a touchdown. We're ca- yeah, we're counting on a touchdown, but I, th- I think it could, I think, you know, just any, you know, that's with any tight end, though. You know, I mean, he just falls back into the range of every other tight end, I think. So uh, I, I think for him, for him having all four weapons on the offense, and he's always going to be the fifth option. So I, I, I'm very big up Gerald Everett as a whole when I don't have to think about him. Um, I don't know if I want him this week, though. Uh, I, I think I'd rather just have like Palmer, Eckler. I, I assume that they would get it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It- I'm sure. I'm sure, you know, this is more of a deeper shot play. The uh, Do you have any favorites at tight end of, as we finish up here? Uh, you mentioned a lot of the good ones already. Um, maybe Najoku is somebody I think has potential. Um, I think as the offense kind of gets more acclimated with Deshaun Watson, that you might be able to see some Najoku eventually. I know we haven't got the same Najoku we got in the beginning of the season, but I, I think that he has potential to be semi-relevant at some point. Again, he did get a touchdown last week, so it's good. But at the same time, it's like he was the only touchdown last week. So I, but I think Najoku is better than a lot of people give credit for. All right. I like it. We'll, we'll wrap it up here. Um, thanks for coming on again, man. It was fantastic. You want to give us some of the stuff that you're working on or uh, anything exciting coming up you got, you got going on? Uh, I got nothing really going on right now. I know that I'm doing a waiver wire uh, t- article for the next two weeks with your championship runs. Uh, other than that, it's going to be slow for me. I would say catch me in the off season when I do a lot of my best ball stuff. Catch that, you know, thirty-five percent advance rate. You know, just throw it out there. That is that's a really good advance rate. Like I said, I include. You know, I was at about I was about about thirty-two percent. You know, and with the best balls, but then with the best ball resurrection, it dropped me down to about twenty-nine percent. Like I said, we got Reese Hall and Javante Williams. Oh, but. Yeah, it was great talking to you, man. We'll be looking out for that. I can't. I, I'm already looking forward to Best Ball 2023. Um, I'll just reinvest all the money that I win from Best Ball 2022 in there. Oh God, that's so much money. <laughs> I know. I, I hope it's so much money. We'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, uh, you can catch me. Uh, you know, I'll be releasing. Uh, I got to get straight to work on the Battle Royale article that we drop right after this. And then, uh, yeah, I'll be working on some stuff. I'll be putting out my final articles for Five Yard Rush and Coach's Fantasy Podcast next week. And then, but yeah, I'll be sticking around with SGPN in the off season, dropping some stuff, hopefully. So have a great weekend, everybody. Good luck in your drafts.